Hello and welcome in to Popcorn and Beers, where some use tomatoes and others use thumbs. We use the stuff that gets you drunk. Uh, sorry, I missed last week's show. I did phone in courtesy first time, long time caller and uh, tried to make sure we gave our reviews. Like Josh always says, this show has been uh, fairly consistent in people getting their reviews in. And let's start by saying Josh got in the Drunk Classic this week, but he did not get in the Butter on Top. So, Jordan, we'll just discuss that now. So what did you think of the Beekeeper? Well, uh, fortunately, Josh didn't miss much. Um, (laughs) It's just Jason Statham. The dialogue is terrible. It's just him every 10 minutes going, I'm the Beekeeper, and then just destroying a bunch of goons, you know? Or federal agents. Yeah, the or Secret Service. <laughs> the action Jason Statham has a way of his action scenes are I don't know, they're just they're they're satisfying. Like they the way that the the choreography is pulled off, it seems very it just appeals to the to you know the men's macho side. You know what I mean? Like it really it really gets the your your cheddar side comes out. Your Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger, exactly. Bruce Willis, uh, Sylvester Stallone side comes out. Exactly. Yeah. The one cool scene I liked in this movie, like the one thing I took away from this, I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. He like kills a hornet's nest with a light bulb and a oh, something yeah. else. Did you? I was the like, taser what? and the mercury light bulb. Yeah, I was like, that seems super unnecessary, <laughs> but that was awesome. Like <laughs> uh, the, the whole the movie- ingenuity and murder. Yeah. <laughs> the the whole movie is super rushed through. It felt like, even though it's not, it wasn't really. How long was the movie? Like hour and forty three minutes. Hour and forty three. Okay, so yeah, it was a short movie, but it even at that it was rushed through. The editing was horrible. Like some of the worst scene by scene cuts and stuff were just some of the worst I've seen in a movie in a while. Up there with Expendables four, probably. Yeah, just just terrible. Uh, say what you want about bees and their benefit to nature and ecosystems and stuff. I hate them. And seeing his hives just get shotgunned to hell uh, brought me a small amount of joy. So Why? I give this a popcorn. <laughs> I give it a pop. I hate bees. Hate them. <laughs> so you gave it a popcorn. I gave it a popcorn as well. I mean, it. you said it was terrible editing. I just said it was clumsy. It was clumsy, mm. clumsy, clumsy writing, clumsy editing, clumsy sound mixing. The sound mixing was so clumsy. Like, they're on a crime scene, and he throws an FBI agent into a car that shouldn't be moving, yet they make a moving car sound as if the car screeches to a halt as it hits him. And I'm like, but all the cars are stopped on the street. Why was that sound necessary? <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a couple scenes like that, like the brass knuckles when he hits somebody, and it makes a ting like he hit mm. metal with them. And I'm like, this this sound, whoever does the sound mixing, I don't know if it's like a college film or what's going on. I know it's produced by uh, Jason Statham, but that was confusing. Overall, I think that 
he does what we all wish we could do if one of our older relatives was scammed in the same way that mm. this uh movie kicks off or how it like just gets going and it I, it's really a big infomercial and in not scamming old people because it's a bad thing to do <laughs> and uh we've yeah. had a few of those what was the the peter dinklage gosh peter dinklage and not rose byron what's her name gone girl i love her and i can't think of her name rosamund pike rosamund pike yeah rosamund pike and uh peter dinklage had the movie about the people that take advantage of the elderly by getting them to sign away all their rights oh, and yeah. uh, assets and then they take possession of them and then they just slowly milk them out and there's been a few of these but these are real scams that exist like the fake antivirus and the fake prince in zimbabwe there's fake puppies that they're going to give away puppies, you know, to you. If you just wire them some money there, there are so many scams out there that it's, it's just, I don't know, man. I wish yep. that living well got you rich and not living like a total douchebag got you rich. I wish, I wish doing the right thing. A majority of the time worked out financially mm -hmm. as opposed to doing the wrong thing and getting super rich. And then whatever, you know, in this case yeah. you died. But in most <laughs> cases, it's a couple years in prison. Well, your millions of dollars that you scam people out of is stashed away in a bank account. Yeah. yeah. Outside uh, of that, the daughter randomly showing up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is she there? <laughs> yeah. And there was a weird kind of intimate dynamic between him and the old lady. I'm just going to put it out there. They might have <laughs> been hooking up. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it was yeah. something a little passionate. She was the yeah. only one that ever looked out for him. Yeah. Even though he goes to the woman that's looking out for him to give him the address to go kill the people. Yeah. I've never had somebody. Is that what he said? I've never had yeah. somebody look out for me. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> She's the first person to ever look out for me. Yeah. And he does have a few just cornball movies. I think he made a movie called In the Name of the King. A while back, it's it's I want to say 2008, 2009 time frame, and it was just terrible. So he <laughs> has a few just really bad movies that exist. However, he does a great job setting himself up for sequels. Like I just saw on Netflix, there's The Mechanic reengaged or something like that, and I was like, I didn't even know they made a sequel to The Mechanic, but I know, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and then they have uh, what The Expendables has four movies, Transporter has three movies. He just, he has a way of making a film that's going to get a sequel, and that guy can really tear apart a gun. Reminiscent <laughs> of uh, your Jackie Chans and your Jet Lees, where they just take apart the pistol really quick and they throw it mm. to the side. <laughs> Overall, I'm with you, though. I gave it a popcorn. Jordan, you did a Drunk Classic this week, and it made me laugh when I got it. I actually got the Drunk Classic from Josh, and I rolled my eyes. I was like, are we joking? Are we really going to watch another Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh for yeah, Jordan. we're gonna watch more too. So <laughs> I'll I'll pick one next week. <laughs> if we're gonna be if we're gonna be jerks, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even threaten me with a good time. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. watch every. I will do even Steven season one as my yes. drunk. Class. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but but you liked it then. You you liked the rewatch. I love this movie. I've seen this movie. Okay. I've seen this we're movie. We're gonna be jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen this movie more times than I've seen any movie, like literally any okay. other movie. Yeah, this I thought that is... was almost Heroes. Was the movie you'd seen more than any other movie? No, no, no. Th this one I've seen. This was like one of those movies where 
it was just in my DVD player, and I would put it on and fall asleep to it. You like still got a, you still got a five a five disc DVD player? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> no, no, just a single disc one, and it was the only one. And yeah, I would just watch it every night, and pretty much fall asleep to it. <laughs> that it and it just brings back so many memories, like you know, uh, it's when just you were huge. It's just a huge nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I miss those days. No. <laughs> so who's nostalgia? Uh, sorry. No, yeah, just nostalgia. Um, that the opening sequence of this movie is just a heart wrencher. I feel Fishing. like like how did how does because I know Josh was like, oh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf hasn't shown up yet. How is that not great acting and just. That's a great scene, I think. I think it's an iconic scene. For uh, him to the miss fish. the fish is what you're referring to, right? When he doesn't get the fish right away and the fish and the gets car. away. The, no, the car crash. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> all of it, though. All of it. Gotcha. Okay. They play with the tech of that time period pretty well, but also some of it's a little far-fetched. Like, you mm-hmm. just know how to rig all these jank nanotech cameras and... All over so, the house. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, eh. Some truly original, like, horror and suspense sequences, you know? Um, they, I like, they got inventive with, it's just a great concept, the whole um, being under house arrest thing, um, mm-hmm. and just how they play with that as well. Uh, some quotable comedic scenes, you know, the him and the friend have a good dynamic, I thought, a good chemistry. He's annoying, but he's not too annoying. Yeah. Um, so I give him credit for that. And we get a young Viola Davis in there yeah youngish yeah well (laughs) (laughs) relatively young yeah it was uh what is it 16 years ago right so yeah you know fairly small part in the movie she's only got a handful of lines Mm -hmm. a few minutes of screen time the soundtrack and the scoring i thought is i think it's just excellent maybe just because i've seen it so many times like it these some of the sounds in the scenes and stuff just ring iconically to me I'm using that word a lot. Yes, iconically I'm, is a hell of a way to describe that. <laughs> I yeah, I just it's it's because I can connect these things to just time periods of my life, like the scores of the movie. Very, I'm nerding out here on it. Um, That's okay, you like it, you like it. We like yeah, what we like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the sending pic. The, here's the thing about this movie too that used to trip me out. I'm like, how rich are these? people like he's <laughs> they're he's, always and, so rich and so annoying like it's so not related can they just live yeah. in an average size house <laughs> they're like yeah right like the house is ridiculous <laughs> they're sending he's sending um pictures on the through the phone by just buying shit willy-nilly on itunes yeah and has xbox live i'm like dude it, it's spoiled little brat kid and it's not just any house it's it's in california yeah. You see his license and it says California. I'm like, okay, they afforded that giant house in the middle of California suburbs. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It blows my mind. The guy, the bad guy, the villain, he's all time great creep to me. The I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> you knew something was up with that guy. <laughs> uh when popcorn. He chases the redhead. The redhead all around the house. And the uh yeah. what is there? Sarah Romer's character is like, maybe she's just into that. And yeah. I was like, okay, that wasn't subtle at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she's throwing moves on him hardcore. The whole time. The whole yeah, time. she's gaming him up. She's the Riz God. She never did anything else, though. Like, there was she, no movie after this that she was in. She's she in The was, Grudge too. 
she was in a movie again, not a serious movie. She was in a movie called Fired Up, like a cheer camp. The two football players go to cheer camp. Love that movie as well. Won't be a drunk classic. It's a terrible movie, but I love it. Super funny. <laughs> like I said, we're we're, we're getting a, a a glimpse into your formative years here. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of mine have to do with like 80s movies and things like that. And yours are all like the movies of the time were what you watch. It's it's almost like uh, your playlist is my wife's playlist when it comes to movies. <laughs> like I'm just waiting for you to drop a bring it on again on us Oof. <laughs> with, Oof. with Keenan <laughs> Penetier, right? Like that's that's coming soon. All oh, right. Yeah. What, just wait, just you wait. Beyonce's little sisters in that too, I think. Like really? it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Overall, for me, obviously it's a popcorn for me. I don't think I, I remember liking it when it first came out, and then I think Eagle Eye <laughs> comes out right Ooh. after this movie, and I'm kind of like, how many of these does he get to make? Like, where it's the exact same movie, the exact same premise. <laughs> it's you don't just like in Eagle a different Eye? setting. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It's corny. It's the same with like I think uh they tried to do this action stuff with Taylor Lautner too. And I can't mm. remember the name of the movie, but it was just so bad. And I'm like, no, he's Twilight guy. I'm sorry. Shia LaBeouf is even Steven's guy. The only movie where he really escaped that, even the collector was kind of corny. So it was I would say Fury was a good pick by you. If you're mm. gonna give me a Shia LaBeouf movie, Fury was a good pick by you. I know, but I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not talking smack. He's very accomplished. There's, there's no, there, there, you can't compare your accomplishments to his mm. if you're the average person and say he didn't do anything. He obviously has done a lot. It's, it's, he should have just stuck to movies like this, though. He was, he was making a killing. It's the same with, uh, uh, what's his name? Frankie Muniz. If they would mm. just stick to movies that they're in, like, just do Cody Banks 9,000 times, okay? You look like a little kid still to this day, and you're like a 40 year old man, Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of typecast as like the spastic, you know, little scrawny boy kind of thing. You know what I mean? But it's best to break out of that. Like I said, uh, peeping Tom at its peak. His friend is kind of annoying. The teacher had no grounds to bring up his father. Yeah, in, in he the deserved that of, one. Yeah, in the beginning of the movie. I'm not trashing it. It's not like a terrible movie. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's, it's, it is what it is. Mm. <laughs> I know that's kind of a cop out, but you're getting exactly what you expect to get out of this movie. And it's crazy how many dead bodies he just had in his house. Right. The killer. Like he moved away from where they found dead bodies and there were more dead bodies and there were, it just, it, it was perplexing how many people he was able to kill in such a short amount of time without getting caught. No, those were there when he moved in. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't mine. Those yeah. aren't mine at all. Somebody put those there. I thought this was America. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a network of uh, serial killer realtors. Underground with like random waterways in their house? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why is there a well under his house in the middle of sub suburban California? That made no sense. <laughs> why does he have a basement with a Fair well? Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> but uh, overall, the funny image that got me the best was when he's peeping on her. And he's got his binoculars and she's doing yoga. And if you look at the TV in the background, the yoga pose that's being done is a totally different yoga pose than the yoga pose <laughs> she's doing. And also, I'm like, oh, my God, it's not moving. It's just a frozen image. It's just a person. <laughs> it's just a picture on a TV. Because <laughs> like, it never changes. It's always the same image. So that's that hilarious. made me laugh. But, yeah, overall, it's a teenage flick. It is. 
if I was, you know, I would say if I was 18 to 25, I would say, you know, a great movie, man. Really, really good. But I'm not. And it it's a popcorn. <laughs> I don't have Fair. the same sentimental attachment that you have. 2007. Yeah, no, I was already in the military. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have seen this in the theater or rented it or bought it. I might own it. It might be downstairs in my collection as I'm talking all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In that case, I rebought it, I guess. So Josh watched it. He said there's a lot going on with it that shouldn't, that, that, that's a miss. Pardon me. Like, so, you know, why am I saying all this? Josh, let's just throw it to you and give us your thoughts. All right. Um, you hate bees? You don't hate bees. You're scared of bees. Well, that's okay. It's fine. Just admit it. You're a beastist. Anyway, uh, Jordan watched Disturbia a lot. Teen movies are okay. You're allowed to watch a teen movie. This is a teen movie that was actually good, though. Uh, for the most part. It was decently written. Had a lot of faults. A lot of things wrong with it, continuity-wise, etc. But good villain. Good premise. Stolen from Rear Window. That's like a 1930 movie. I'm sorry. Probably 1950s, starring uh, Jimmy Stewart. I thought it was okay. I saw it in theaters and then never thought about it ever again. That's how good it was to me. But I left the theater thinking, yeah, it was not not a waste of money. You know, mainly because the villain. And Shy is okay. He's a, he's a delivery kind of guy. In no way comparable to Taylor Lautner. Are you, are you really comparing those two, Fry? Really? And Frankie Muniz doesn't act anymore. He's a rich guy who sometimes, for fun, drives cars. He's a race car driver. Why are we talking about him? Just really strange. Uh, and how is this movie in any way the same as Eagle Eye? Eagle Eye had a its own premise that was its own thing. At the time, I remember specifically people talking about how wild that movie was. Nothing at all like Disturbia in any way, but okay. Uh, this movie continuity errors for days. If it, if it had gone maybe a couple more years and we had smartphones, whole movie is worthless. Like the problem is solved instantly because everyone has smartphones. Why does his mom hate him? Like a lot at every turn. My mom would have my back. What's wrong with his mom? Terrible person. No real big issues. You just kind of forgive all the things that are wrong with it. Like, he has 10 seconds. Why are you reaching so hard to check the mail when you could just walk over and check the mail? You have 10 seconds to go check the mail. Anyway, it's a popcorn movie. I'm not mad I saw it again, but I'm never going to see this movie again. So, Jordan, let's start with your first, what you were watching this week. It was a TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched Ted, mm -hmm. the TV show on Pe the Peacock streaming app. Uh, it's like an 80s sitcom spoof, kind of without the laugh track is how they, um, the just the, the kind of aura of this, you know, the mm -hmm. essence of it. It's the early years of the young character of what's his name, John or something with the with the teddy bear. Yeah, um, the kid that plays him, the main kid, is like really odd looking and doesn't look like Mar like a young Mark Wahlberg at all. 
<laughs> but he does. If he a only good... knew what he was going to grow into. Right. Yeah. He. But he does a good Mark Wahlberg, young Mark Wahlberg impression. You know, like minus the hate crimes and stuff. It's offensive as possible. You know, Seth MacFarlane has a way of just getting away with these things. You know, like I'm not yeah. saying it. This this character is this goofy character says these awful things and yeah, kind of like how South Park skirts on that line. You know, very effectively. It's Product edited. of the time. Product of the time. It was well, a different I mean, time. Well, I mean, this is out now, and this is if you yeah, ever watch. It's a different this, time it, that they're shooting in. The, the setting is oh, the what right, early nineties. Right, okay. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's edited horribly. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he's just. He's good. He's good. I love what he does. I wish he would make another movie, to be honest. The he made one the thousand ways to die in the West or million yeah. ways to die in the West. Love that movie. Um Did I wish he really? would do something else like I do. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh I give it I'm gonna give it a popcorn in one. It was okay. funny. He, he also had a show on uh I watched quite a bit. It was on Fox, I wanna say. What is it? The space show. And I can't think of the name of it right now. Where he is, uh, he's the captain of a spaceship. Oh my is god! It like the Norville or yeah, Orville. There you Orville, go. Orville, yeah, Orville, yeah. yeah. I watched all three seasons of that. That was a fun show. I didn't mm. mind that show. It was kind of weird, but it was it was fun at least. It was entertaining. Yeah, it, it's a little hard. The the show's a little hard to buy in for like the first half of the first episode, mm-hmm. but then just the the raunchy humor kicks in, and you're just like, yeah, okay, this is enjoyable. Oh, I'm home. Yeah, this is enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, the first one I watched this week, I watched Nyad. And I know Josh already gave a review, so I'll keep it brief. I gave this guy a popcorn and two. I think Annette Bening did a great job as Diana Nyad. It's based on a true story where she was trying to swim from Cuba to Florida. Basically, from the one end of Cuba all the way to the Keys, which would be Florida, which would be the United States of America. And just what she goes through and the drive it takes to be great. And of course, you see that there is some terrible things that happened to her in her past that push this drive into her, this ability into her. And uh, there's a pretty touching scene between her and Jodie Foster, who plays her best friend, uh, Bonnie Stroll, in the film. And they come together and you see how important it is to have that human interaction, to have that support. Like you believe you're pushing yourself. And when you do that, you forget or you often negate all the people that are around you, pushing you or supporting you on your way. So I I really dug that aspect of it. And at the end, when she accepts those people, of course, she is able to accomplish her dream. But like I said, it is based on a true story. She did actually do this. And what she put herself and her body through in her 60s should be an inspiration to anyone that's uh, (laughs) in their 30s or their 20s and thinking they can't do something, right? You just got to push yourself. Yeah, I I definitely want to see this. It's on my um, list. I remember seeing the preview and being like, "Mm, I don't know about that. But from what I've heard about it, I'm kind of drawn into it. I'll probably definitely be watching this sometime soon. Yeah, and I'm trying to get all of my... I, I do my best to get as many Oscar films in as possible, like I told you guys last year. So I'm doing my best to get my nominated films in. There's quite a few I haven't seen, especially on the Best Picture list, and that's just having to do with being over in England, and just some of the films just haven't come out here yet. I've got the big five, but I still haven't seen, you know, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Maestro, Past Lives, Zone of Interest. I've read about all of them. I've read reviews on all of them. But I, I actually haven't seen Maestro. Them. No? What's that? 
Thought you were oh, I did Maestro. watch Maestro. You're right. <laughs> so I saw Maestro too. See, there's so many <laughs> that you just start losing track of everything. Yeah. Uh, I think one of them is up. That's what I'm looking for now in Nyad. One of the reasons I watched this is I believe, yeah, Annette Benning is up for Best Actress for her portrayal of uh, Diana Nyad. So I had to watch it. Had to knock this out. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be informed before the Oscars come around. And we have a movie podcast. Like, what 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 else am I supposed to do? I've got to watch all these Oscar films. It, yeah. it can't just be Sylvester Stallone running through the forest, you know? I've got to push myself. Oh, Jodie Foster <laughs> also nominated here. So both the leading women, both leading ladies in this film are nominated. Well, let's throw it over to Josh, who watched another film about triumphant young women in Queen Bees. Queen Bees? Yes, please. <laughs> This is a good movie. It's it's a Hallmark uh, style, but it has its own little twist because it's about the elderly, and it focuses around an old folks' home and not wanting to go and finding your own anyway, and not really like a I still got it thing, but, you know, at the end of your life, you're still living, and that's part of what this movie's about. There's not really a lot at stake whenever even, like, the big thing drops and then they're now you're in trouble that kind of thing even that was just like eh, okay i mean it was low stakes and it should be because it's not really a tom cruise movie it's just a lots of old ladies getting along and uh, that's it. it it's it's a very sweet movie i give it a popcorn you know, it's just something you put on Sunday morning to watch with your parents, which is exactly what I did. My dad didn't like it because there was no guns and no cops. So, or cowboys or ninjas or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's why I say it's a Hallmark movie. It's it's just a sweet movie. You you leave the movie like, eh, okay, I'm going to go vacuum now. That's all. Good movie, whatever. Queen Bee's popcorn. <laughs> all right, so Josh gave that one a popcorn, but he said it's a wholesome popcorn. It made him feel good. Uh, have you seen it yet? No, it's it's on my list, and I don't know. Like, it's it's so not in my wheelhouse, but it surprisingly <laughs> caught me. Like the um the trailer for it on Netflix, I was like, this kind of looks funny. Like, I might enjoy this, so I might be watching that sometime soon too. Yeah, I mean, a film that I, I probably won't be watching is that one, but it's <laughs> <laughs> reminiscent of eighty for Brady. <laughs> I was like, mm. I'm probably never going to watch 80 for Brady. One, for my supreme hatred of everything he put me through for 20 years. But also, because why would I watch that movie? Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, Jordan, what were you watching next? So I watched a movie called Old Boy that we're pretty sure Josh reviewed. Um, it was on Netflix. I watched the original one from, I think this came out like 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all in Korean. Uh, it's like parts. I don't, so I've been told by multiple people, like, watch this movie, watch this movie. And I don't understand why, like <laughs> who thought that I would like this movie. It's parts of like an interesting original concept, mm -hmm. but it just really, nothing really goes anywhere. It's kind <laughs> of just a, a bit of a fever dream type movie. It just stays stagnant. Yeah. It's, it's, there's just a lot of weird kind of, like psychedelic -y, weird flashbacks and cuts and there's some cool like ways that they just play with like oh i want to do this cool camera shot just for the sake of it you know mm -hmm. doesn't exactly work great but it's like all right you tried that 
is there anything worse in like action movies or, or horror movies or anything than seeing someone have their teeth pulled out like one by one? I'm like, can the we nails. just the nails? The nails, yeah. Yeah. Because you could see the skin peel away from the n- nail bed. Like yeah. that one gets me sometimes. I hate that. Can we stop doing that? Like just, you can just give the illusion that it's happening. We don't need to viscerally see it. Uh, I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, there is a great single shot. And I think this is kind of what I remember from Josh's review is that there's a great single shot of like a hallway fight where he's like fighting 20 dudes in this hallway and they just have like sticks and he has a yeah. a hammer or something. Uh, that was pretty cool. That was like the best sequence of the movie. I really, I wish there was more of that in the movie. Uh, artistically, it's, it's really cool, but it's just a super convoluted story and it's just downright gross. Just a <laughs> gross concept. That's like, why? Did we did it have to go there? Does it have uh, to go that far? Yeah, uh, I give this a popcorn. <laughs> okay, so a popcorn. Totally a popcorn. Yeah. All right. Well, I watched Matilda, and you've already given us a review of uh, Matilda the musical. And I watched Matilda because my wife was. We watched, uh, I think, American Horror Story: The AIDS Season. And it was mm-hmm. terrible. It was just the, the worst. I'm not even reviewing it. That season was so bad. So bad. It was so bad. It was so bad that I won't even be reviewing it. <clears throat> and we wanted something to kind of cleanse the palate, you know? Sometimes you need something to cleanse the palate after you yeah. watch a film like that or a, a c- series like that. So we watched the original Matilda. And I'm going to give it a pop, too. I don't know why. It just yeah. hit better than it hit. When I was a kid, I hated that movie because my sister watched it over and over and over again. And I think it was just the repetition of how many times I had seen it. I'm like, oh, my God, not Matilda again. But you know what? I liked it. Love that movie. Super. (laughs) um, Like, I've seen that movie a hundred times. It's still to this day. You know, when you see somebody really going in on their plate or something, everybody (laughs) goes, Bruce, 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 Bruce. It it is funny because it you and Ariel are in the same age group. You're closer in age than you and I are, uh, so that would make sense that movies like that. Like, do you like Drop Dead Fred? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like she also watched Drop Dead Fred relentlessly throughout our childhood. So Matilda was kind of like that for me, and I gave it a pop too because I liked it. There is obviously some silly, stupid scenes, right? Like when they're trying to get through the house, they're like, "Come on!" But Miss Trunchbull is an iconic villain. Just mm-hmm. an iconic villain. Just mm-hmm. great. Her parents are deplorable. Danny DeVito directed it. Danny DeVito narrates it. He's in it. He was great as yeah. Wormwood. And he's great as that uh, sleazy car salesman. The mother is great. It, it's overall just a really fun movie that I think most people would enjoy if they watched it again. So I gave that one a pop too. And then I watched a movie that I probably shouldn't have watched on a flight. I watched... <laughs> Society of the Snow, which is a story of the rugby team that's plane goes down in the 1970s in uh, the mountain range. What is it? What's the mountain range that goes through Chile, Argentina? Is it the Andes? Is it the Andes? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I put my money on that. Check in. Yeah, the Andes. You got it. The Andes. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because I I think I knew that deep down because I wanted to go to Patagonia quite a bit. But then I rethought that after I watched this movie. Mm -hmm. Now, (laughs) Society of the Snow was it's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's tragic all at the same time. But it's it's not it's not acted very well. There's a couple of actors that do a really good job in it. But overall, 
it 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 was lacking and it was so long that it shouldn't have been lacking as much as it was it's a tragic story if you know the story they had to eat their relatives their brothers their sisters their best friends after they crashed because they starved for about i want to say two weeks before they started eating the humans and the only thing that kept the human dead bodies able to eat was how freezing cold it was so you can only mm. imagine what they were going through some plot holes in how they played it out is hey scoop uh <laughs> some plot holes in how they paid uh played it out was there's a guy constantly smoking and i'm thinking man you got all that luggage that you're not using all those suitcases and some of it back then in the 70s probably has some wood or some something in it that will burn for a while yeah even yeah. if you can't have the fumes just like something to keep you warm uh at least for a couple hours and you could you could ration that out much like you rationed out the food but they they go through this whole story and they go through how they got rescued and overall like i said i watched it at the wrong time i watched it on the flight back from cyprus which is like a five-hour flight <laughs> and i watched it pretty early on in the flight and then we hit some turbulence and i'm like god uh-oh <laughs> yeah why did i uh -oh. watch this movie yeah <laughs> here we go here we go yeah. it's, <laughs> happening. it's happening uh it it got a pop in one. I think that it's nominated for an award this year at the Academy Awards. I can't recall which one it was, but I want to knock that one out as well. I thought it it is a story that everyone needs to hear about. And it is a story that tells you, like, hey, you better learn how to survive somehow. You better learn some skill, whether it be, like, electrician, doctor, uh, builder, something. You better learn a story that helps you do the big three, right? Water, food, shelter. If you yeah. can't do that, <laughs> you might be SOL in this situation. Yeah, uh, the the long runtime of this movie is kind of what has kept me from watching it. But I've been yeah. on the verge a few times and been like, ah, I'm not ready for that. And it kind of seems like a bit of a bummer. It is. It is. But you get the triumphant end. Uh, they okay. sadden up the end quite a bit because they go into the PTSD and everything that they were going through mm, and what they're yeah, seeing. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything's going on when people are like surrounding them and like thinking that they're blessed and they're just like, look, we just survived. So that that part is it, it is hard. But pop one, pop one. Okay. All right, Jordan. So what were you watching next? The last movie you'll be reviewing for us. Yeah. So I needed, like you said, I needed a palate cleanser from watching uh, Old Boy. Um, is I watched Dumb Money. Dumb Money. I was very excited to watch this. Um, I felt like it was a little short. I felt like it needed a little bit more. It, it was a little bit rushed, um, especially for a lot of concepts that they're throwing at people. Like he said, like nobody really understands the stock market like there's just so much it's 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 gambling you know it's there's no certainty in it so it's hard to explain anything really concretely in it you know even mm -hmm. for he says it like even for the professionals like they don't really understand um you know i learned a lot though from it but i'm equally confused about it in some of the same but different ways if that makes any sense no, it does. Which, it does. Like, and we all have, I think, yeah. regrets that those of us that have played in the stock market a little bit, like we want to play more, but we don't really know where to play. We don't want to make a mistake and it keeps you hesitant. And it's, what is it, the old saying? Scared money don't make none. Yeah. Dumb money don't make none. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just a reminder of how kind of gross and toxic that online meme community and even the stock market guys, you yeah. know? Uh, the tone of this movie is like super, it's kind of odd. Like it's quirky so that, you know, they keep it entertaining. I, I, I thought of it like the big short, but for yeah. dorks, 
Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah, I love the big short and learned a lot from that movie, to be honest, about like the housing market and stuff, like things that I never thought that I'd make sense of. So this was kind of, yeah, uh, in there, but just try to really swing for, uh, you know, the entertainment quirky factor. Uh, I thought Paul Dano overacted. Did you? Some of the scenes that he was in, he was good, but I, I felt like good. he had a weird like Batman voice that he was putting on at times where he was just like having a conversation with his brother or his wife or something like a scene where it just didn't, it was not such a serious scene that it required like because brooding kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. The soundtrack is great, but also really confusing at times. Just like, mm -hmm. eh, was that the best song for that part right there? Like it's a good song, but. Eh, but I don't fit. know if it was the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to give this a popcorn to two. What'd you think of uh, Seth? In the in in his role, I thought he was great. Yeah, he was good. He was good. And and then I remember from your review saying Sebastian Stan bugged the hell out of you. <laughs> yes. Like he just didn't need to be there. Yeah, his his character was awful. Yeah, just, Pete just Davidson awful. was hard too in his role. I didn't yeah. think he, he was good in his role. Uh, I thought Shailene Woodley was good, even though it was a smaller role. I thought she played the role of his is his wife or his fiance. His wife, I think. Yeah, I thought I thought she was good so. in that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sebastian Stan was terrible. <laughs> As one of the founders of Robin, the accent was off. It was like misplaced. It was so. I mean, yeah. that might have cost Paul Dano a nomination. Is how bad Sebastian Stan was in his role. Uh, I do like the way they made the film set out to make fun of the founders of Robin Hood, and they did it successfully. They yeah. did. Uh, what is it? They walk out and they both get into like Tesla convertibles or something like that after they because they're like net worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, jerks. Yeah, it it was. I don't know, man. It was it was a fun movie for me. I thought it was better than I think a lot of people uh, made it out to be. But uh, you don't get a lot of Seth's laugh in this one, you know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I reluctantly give it a popcorn and two. I think it's very borderline one or two, but I'm going to give That's it a fair. two. That's yeah. Fair. Vincent D'Onofrio in it playing Stevie Cohen, the owner of the, uh, the Mets, right? He owns the Mets now. Or is Steve it uh, Tepper or is it? No, it's Cohen. The owner of the Mets. It is Cohen. The owner yeah, of the yeah, Mets. yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, that was fun. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, the last movie I watched this week was Rustin. Like I said earlier, I'm trying to rattle through some of these uh, Oscar films so I can catch up before the Oscars are here. Coleman Domingo, I think, deserves his nomination, but at times his um, voice was in and out when he's doing the vocal, I guess, range of the actor or of the character that he's playing as Coleman Domingo. Uh, part of me as Rustin, <laughs> Coleman Domingo <laughs> as Rustin. Part of me as Coleman Domingo. <laughs> but a, a little, yeah, right. A little background on it. He is the one that organized the hundred thousand man march on Washington D.C. for Martin Luther King, and he's the one that convinced Martin Luther King to support it. Uh, meanwhile, you get a little back uh, background that you may not know. I didn't know that the NAACP opposed this march. They didn't want to have this march. And that there were senators that did not want to do it simply because they did not like Rustin as mm -hmm. the person that was guiding them because he had connections to Communist Party, which he denounced. And it, it makes a very strong point to or it 
the movie makes a point to let the audience know, hey, he denounced this. He knows he made a mistake with this, that he opposed the Vietnam War uh, as yeah. a conscientious objector. So there's a lot here to chew on. But overall, if we're just rating the performance, I think Coleman Domingo did a great job. They are portraying a, a group of people that was uh, his, that is historically uh, put down, not included. They go into women and how women aren't really included and still aren't included in today's world and how they had to fight for their place then. They talk about the LGBTQIA plus community and how they deserve a place and how it had to be hidden for men of power back then. Yeah. So overall, it's it's a good movie. It's a pop too. It was an interesting story. And I do think Coleman Domingo does deserve his Oscar nomination. He's not going to win. He's not going to win. And I, I hope I hope Bradley Cooper uh, doesn't win because I don't think he did a great job in Maestro. In fact, I think that he, in the six years to perform for six minutes, I, I just, if you listen to the interview and how he prepared, it's like, how did he do anything else? How yeah. was he in Dungeons and Dragons? How did he literally do anything else but prepare to do uh, this movie? So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't think he's going to win. I think it's going to be uh, probably Cillian Murphy, maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, we are a movie podcast. Did you see all the outrage on Twitter over the Barbie nominations? Yeah. Yeah. Some snubs there. Um Hey, I mean, and then didn't uh, Ken, Brian yes. Gosling, get nominated? Yes, I mean, Ryan Gosling got nominated for Ken, which is so funny because so many people were like, tell us you didn't, tell us you missed the point of the movie without telling us you <laughs> missed the point of the movie, where it's like Greta Gerwig doesn't get nominated, yeah. uh, Margot Robbie doesn't get nominated, and then <laughs> Ryan Gosling gets nominated for Ken, and it's like literally what we were saying All with the, the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Um, I, I could. S Margot Robbie was good, but the the snub of Greta Gerwig is 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 a little hard to understand. But hey, what are you gonna do? Well, you got a best supporting actress nod there, so I mean, you do get that, and America probably got that because of that speech that she gives, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I don't know, man. Margot Robbie played Barbie, and she played Barbie well. I, I don't know. We'll have our Oscar episode coming up here soon. Uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We've got a butter on top. Our first like action flick of the year, right? This is the first like real action flick of the year. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I call it an action. You know, it's an action flick. It is, but it, you know, quirky action, thriller, quirky action, yeah, spy. Not excited. Right. Of, of course, we're talking about Argyle. Uh, Jordan will just try and try and try unsuccessfully to hide his enthusiasm for this week's Butter on Top. But we'll see. We'll give it a chance. Lots of Elvis over the last three years, though, right? Because that Elvis, uh, Love You Too Much Baby, is all over the trailer for this movie. And I'm just like, there's a lot of Elvis going on in the last three years. And we had Priscilla this year. So lots of Elvis going on. But of course, we have a drunk classic, and it is Josh's drunk classic. And in celebration of Valentine's Day, which we all know Josh absolutely loves, <laughs> he gave us They Came Together, starring Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. I have seen it. Jordan? I have not. All right. Are you excited? I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in this, for sure. Watch it with Liz? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Jordan, where can they reach us? Uh, on X at Popcorn and Beer. All right. 
As always, we appreciate you joining us each and every week, and we will see you at the movies. You bring the popcorn. We've got the bear.